the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Nobody's smiling as we rode across the desert ground. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free flowing conversation about the creative process. With creative people, this is episode 90, and our guest is Jamestown Revival. Jamestown Revival is a musical duo made up of Jonathan Clay and Zach Chance. They have released three full-length records, a live album, and four EPs, including the most recent offering, Fireside with Louis L'Amour, which is the main focus of this conversation, and I highly recommend it. In addition to those wonderful records, the guys just collaborated to write the music for the stage production of Essie Hinton's classic novel, The Outsiders. Jonathan and Zach are thoughtful, funny, open, and honest conversationalists. I'm so excited to bring this episode to y'all today. Everyone, my conversation with Jamestown Revival. Lost this trail in the hollow and we lost some time Could it be that he was desert wise He left us water and some good advice Awful kind for a man I'm, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this and I'm grateful for this opportunity Cool, man. Well, thanks for having us. We feel the same way. Awesome. Yeah, I like your, I like your um, image here Thanks, man. My cool. partner in life is an artist. Um, and she, I, I had this, when I first dreamt up this whole thing, I had almost immediately had the logo in my head and, um, quite literally, I guess, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, she made it way cooler. <laughs> she, <laughs> she sketched that profile while we were sitting at a bar in like no time. And then, um, and then put that together and it's I, i'm i'm in love with it it's great Dude, that's awesome yeah well guys i i'm man this has been so much fun to do research for for a couple of reasons uh, my grandmother had louis lamore books sitting around the house all the time and i i think i used to pick at them every once in a while but i hadn't i didn't really sit, spend much time with his work and so this time was super fun because i was able to read the collected short stories of Louis L'Amour while I'm reading it, listen to your record, which is inspired by the collected short stories of Louis L'Amour volume one. And it is just given a lot to me. And so thank you for making this beautiful record. Dude, thank you. Really appreciate yeah. you saying that. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to, you're welcome. I'd like to get into it. Um, you know, kind of get more granular about it, but if we can kind of start, big picture and just sort of talk about you guys and your creative process and then kind of zero back into the EP. That's kind of the, the roadmap for us today, if that's cool with you. Cool. So what, just kind of like on a, on a more general level with the two of you, there's, 
there's clearly I've never seen you live, but I've watched plenty of videos getting ready for this. I've read I've read some variation of what I'm about to say in several places, and you can just tell it with the music. There is this incredible synergy with the two of you. And I, I wonder what that how that informs the writing process and what that writing process looks like for you all on a general level. You know, it's just kind of I, I to not to put it too simply, but I think it's we both kind of know it when we've got it. Like when it's in the room, when the muse is speaking to us, you know, like we'll try 10 times to write a song and maybe one of those times we get together, there's just something in the room that clicks and we, you know, we both know it when it's there and we both know it when it's not. And although we display different levels of determination, sometimes trying to force it, uh, even when we force it and we write a song, we know it's just, yeah, it's just, we did write a song so we can check the box, but we wrote a song that's likely nothing's going to happen with it. Cause it just kind of wasn't there. Hmm. And I think in some ways, the same thing can kind of happen live. You know, there is a, a live show, I think is a bit of a, it's a give and take with you and, and the other people in the room. And sometimes you really, everybody's on the same page and it's just like, you're all swimming down the lazy river together in the same direction going with the current. And then sometimes for whatever reason, it feels a little bit more disjointed and not to say that, you know, I think I don't ever feel like we have bad shows. I just feel like sometimes we we have shows that feel like they don't come as easy, but then we'll get off stage and, you know, someone will come up and like, man, that was the best show I've seen in the last mm. 10 years. And they had such a great time. And so I think it is also important to remain conscious of the fact that, you know, just because you're in your own head uh, doesn't mean that everybody else is necessarily sharing that same sentiment. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta just do the best you can every night. And uh, regardless of like what sort of weird little things are trying to creep into your consciousness. So it is, so the, the process itself then, is it you guys need to get in the same room to make it happen? Or are you going about your lives separately and writing things and then piecing those things together? You know, this year we did more of that. Um, just, you know, the nature of like, uh, I hate to even say the word COVID but <laughs> too many, too many times over the past 24 months, but, yeah. uh, yeah, just the nature of that. Um, yeah, it forced us to kind of write a little bit. We had a lot stockpiled when we got together and then we also ended up just writing more because we weren't playing shows. So we essentially wrote two albums this year, hmm. which typically two albums takes us, you know, three or four years to write. So it was pretty cool to just have that time to really focus on it and really find a groove. Was there like a, back to that question of the, of sort of the synergy between the two of you is, is there like a, was there a moment? I mean, you've known each other for a long time, right? So was there a moment where you kind of were like, oh yeah, this is something special. Um, or was that something that kind of developed over time? Uh, you know, I think it's like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the true blessings in your life. I think as you're experiencing them, you don't really, you don't appreciate the full value. And, uh, a lot of times that full value is only, it, only realized in hindsight, you know, 
like whether it's you know time with my kids like my kids are driving me crazy and it's all stressful and it's hard for me to enjoy the moment and, I, and then I look back on the pictures and I say oh god that was like the most beautiful thing that's happened in the last two years like that crazy moment when the kids had lost it but that day we'd gotten to do this and that and it was incredible memories I think the same thing kind of happens you know getting to tour and stuff and getting to write songs together there's a lot of other stuff that happens that sometimes uh, makes it a little hard to see the forest through the trees mm. and then a lot of times we get done writing a song and i'll go back and look at the lyrics and i'm like i can't believe we wrote that it's not bad mm. like that's that's all right you know like how did we do that i don't yeah. even think we could do it again if we tried and it then somehow funny. we managed to do it again it's funny i feel like um we're certainly capable of writing songs independently of each other and we've we've done that method or brought in ideas but i i think a, a true jamestown revival song is at its best when we, we're probably in the room together creating it it just it it becomes it, it just takes on a different language um that it's hard to explain and, and it's probably just because we spent so much damn time together mm. man that's a great point there's just there really is no substitute for experience especially shared experience like that for sure yeah so, if you notice we say a lot of the same stuff and finish each other's sentences it's it's uh, borderline embarrassing sometimes <laughs> <laughs> well the result it turns out beautifully and um i so perspective seems to be kind of a theme here and, and keeping trying to keep perspective on things. You mentioned it about a live show and you just mentioned it about, you know, experiences with your kids and then experiences with the band. Are there things that either or both of you do to make sure that you are as much as possible maintaining perspective in the moment? Is there a meditation practice or journaling or something that either or both of you do? Um. I wouldn't say there's like a, a practice that both of us do like a do necessarily not anything with structure, but I will say that the, the past couple of years, I don't know, personally, I've been really trying to make an effort to practice habitual gratitude. Mm. And I think that's helped a lot. Just like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Being away from my family is really hard on tour mm. and like getting back and seeing you know my kids they look different in two or three weeks they like they've changed and i've missed a lot a lot of really important stuff that i hate to miss like these things these times are never going to come again but so it's easy to kind to start dwelling on that and focusing on that and then you know miss out on the fact that wow what we're getting to do is such a huge incredible it's an opportunity and it's a, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a rarity. And this is what we've been working for for so long. And so, yeah, I think just trying to live in gratitude and every day waking up and just looking around and being thankful for every single aspect of everything. That's so great about what we get to do. And it's like, if that's what I focus on, then I walk out on stage and I'm just, I'm happy to be there. And I'm, and I wake up in the morning and I'm happy to be on the road because I'm going to be out there regardless. And yeah, there's ups and downs to being out on the road and I can focus. I can, you know, just kind of choosing to focus on, 
all the great things that are out there to focus on and making that decision conscious. Mm. That's me, Zach. What do you, what do you, what do you, uh, I mean, that was well put. I, I think Zach makes a hell of a pour over coffee. So that's part <laughs> of his ritual. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I wish I, there's so many times, especially with touring and all the experiences we have, I've, I've made the promise to myself to start journaling and I've half asked it for so long and mm. I, I've just never kept up with it. And it, it's something I, I really, you know, uh, I keep saying I'm going to do and I regret not doing more of, mm. um, I don't, you know, I, I think certainly me meditating or any one of those things would be great. I, it seems to find me, um, you know, you get so busy and you get swept up in the minutia of things or, you know, John and I always joke, like whatever landmark we're trying to achieve, whether it be like some sort of success, like some venue that we've just like been dying to play, we get there. And then as soon as you you're there, you're already over it. You know? mm. Like, oh, well, okay, the next one, that'll make me happy. And I think uh, certainly with this last year, having all this time or now I find myself in moments of just being able to be in reflection. It catches me at random, you know, I'll be watching like a TV show or I'm taking a jog or something and I'll just get like really emotional. Um, and, and, you know, thinking about just all these things we get to do and how, 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 how cool it is to do this and and then how much i think i took for granted what it is we get to do until it was you know it was taken away from us for a year and a half and i really took for granted that i never saw like some sort of pandemic that would sideline sideline our career mm. to the point where we were just stuck um I always took, really took that for granted. I thought we were sort of bulletproof in the, our career choice. Like if it was going to come to a halt, it was by our own doing, you know? Mm. Uh, so this last year, I think has provided us with a lot of perspective. Mm. Yeah. That, that, to one more thing to that point. Um, there's a, there's a poem called the station. It's by Robert Hastings. Mm. And it's such an incredible thing to read and remind yourself and essentially to, to sum it up in one sentence, it's just about the fact that life truly is about the journey. It's not about the destination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as musicians, it's a really competitive, I think it's a, a very competitive field, like a lot of fields to be in, but being a musician, it's really easy just to sit there and compare yourself apples to apples with what other musicians are doing. How many tickets are they selling? What venues are they getting to play? You know, what, how well is their record doing? And you, then you, you find all the people who are doing better in those respects than yourself. And then you start to, you're like, well, oh, I need to be doing there. that. You lose me. You got me. Hello. Okay. Now you're back. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, you yeah. start comparing yourself yeah. by all these benchmarks, you know, and other artists are doing better than you are. And then you start thinking, well, if I can achieve that benchmark, if I can, if I can step up that aspect, then I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be fulfilled. And then you play that next level, you know, you get to play the Greek theater, or you get to play Red Rocks and you're like, well, I mean, that was amazing, but I'm still the same person. And it's, it didn't, you know, it was, what was 
what was valuable was getting to Red Rocks and the journey to Red Rocks. It wasn't necessarily playing Red Rocks, even though, don't get me wrong, amazing experience, but Mm -hmm. it just, it really is about the journey. And it's about like some of the most special times are about when we were playing for crowds of five or 10 people and Zach and I used to go camping all the time on the road. A, because, you know, A, because it was cheaper. Um, and we had no other choice, but B, because, you know, we didn't have the have schedule and we had like two and days off here and there. And we were just out there trying to play anywhere we could. And, and all we could about then was one day we're going to be on a tour bus. And now we're on a tour bus. And I'm like, man, how, we talk about it all the time. We're like, man, that was pretty special. That was some cool. Those are some cool times we had. It's funny. No, I mean, it seems, it sounds so obvious, you know, talking about it now, like, hmm. oh, it's the journey, but it, it's so hard. And it is funny. The stories we end up, you know, rehashing and, and laughing about the most are the ones that were like the, the most miserable at the time. Hmm. That's funny. I just had, I was just talking with Seth Walker and he wrote a uh, book, part memoir, part art gallery, part, you know, retrospective of his career and uh and one of the things we were laughing about was that there there aren't a whole lot of happy stories in there it's always when some well they're not not unhappy but it's always when sh- when shit goes wrong like it's always when something it was messed up is the ones that he kept remembering and coming back to yeah um th- talking about the journey i think that that's that concept and i, I like how you put that zach the fact that it's kind of like you look back and it's like, well, of course it's about the journey, right? But and it is difficult to keep that perspective in the moment. But I think I think fiction and and art of all kinds helps us with that and helps us to get that perspective. Um, and certainly in in reading these short stories of Louis L'Amour and then listening um, to your songs on Fireside with Louis L'Amour, it, it I, I was reminded, especially because we've been home for so long, I was reminded of just how much how important it is for me to to keep perspective on the journey each of those stories has usually a physical journey in it um and and it, it truly is about the the journey a lot of times the end is like not at all what i what you expected which is part of the charm of of those stories as well um so let's get into the record if we could just talking about First of all, I think the inspiration is fascinating. So if, if you could talk a little bit about the, the inspiration for um, the EP um, and then kind of getting into the process. Yeah, I think it was Zach's idea to do this EP, if I recall correctly. I think one day, I don't know, he threw out the idea. And, and th- I think this was years ago, maybe the first time we started talking about it, but we were touring a lot and just had a lot going on and it was one of those things that was like yeah that'd be cool to get to we should totally do that and then you just keep saying that for two years and it never happens but i have like diarrhea of bad ideas so (laughs) gave me credit for well i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't uh i wouldn't say bad ideas i would just say ideas some bad some good that was a good idea and uh but definitely Definitely uh, lots of ideas coming from Zach. Big ideas, real big ideas. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, yeah, dude, totally, totally. We'll totally do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't even need the substance to. Uh, yeah. 
oh yeah yeah we're totally gonna put on a festival one day yeah it's totally <laughs> gonna happen and uh anyways we uh we obviously got our tour canceled found ourselves at home and it was finally that it was that time that we needed to be able to dig into some extracurricular stuff like that mm. and the process was from a logistic logistics and sort of technical perspective we wanted the the sync to be the same as the short stories a collection of short stories so we took volume one we went through chronologically we read the first story wrote the first song second story second song and so on because we wanted people to we wanted to leave no doubt in people's minds you know what song was inspired by what story we actually wanted people to be able to read read one or listen to the album uh read or listen alongside each other. And we wanted them to fit together like a puzzle. Mm. And so that was a very deliberate choice. You know, we made no mistake about, you know, what stories were for what songs. And so much so that, you know, we've been referencing Louis L'Amour with our past albums, you know, Wondering Man, The Education of a Wondering Man. And um, we decided that this was so obvious. We definitely, we changed the titles of all the songs, but this, the story was so close. We wanted to get the blessing of the Louis L'Amour estate. So we ended up getting in contact with Bo, who is Louis L'Amour's son and got his blessing. Ended up, you know, long story short, went to his ranch in Durango, saw some really cool stuff of Louis and the house where Louis actually did some writing and it's really cool stuff. And it was great getting to know Bo and uh, Louis uh, or, I'm sorry, Louis' wife um, and Bo have been incredibly supportive of the project. So that's, that's been great awesome. Too. Yeah. That, that sounds like such a thrill. It was amazing. Yeah. We got, we recorded actually some live stuff in the old barn on their ranch wow. where they threw parties and had get togethers and saddled up their horses. You know, they used to ride and, there was still some old latigo and, and uh, bridles and stuff in the hanging uh, old tack hanging on the wall in there, which was really cool. It was all crusty and cracked at this point, but that was those were things that Louis actually used. You felt like you were walking in the presence of his ghost a little bit. It was really wow. special. Wow! Did y'all ride it all while you were there? No, we'd already written everything. Okay. We just went to film stuff and we really wanted to meet Bo and shake his hand in person and just, I don't know, it, feel, it felt like it really brought the whole thing full circle for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's also reminding me, you know, because starting out, uh, when John and I were first, you know, touring around and we were living in California, we would... We would stay in the back of our car, and 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 we John had started reading we uh, Louis L'Amour's autobiography, uh, Education of a Wandering Man, and that was such a big inspiration for us. And it's funny this project would to go shoot that stuff. We uh, we had a small window where we could sneak out there, and so we we jumped in a a car and just deadheaded to Durango from Austin with a friend of ours who's a, a good friend of ours who's a Paul Pryor who's a uh, videographer and it was like such such a like very reminiscent of the early days of Jamestown touring so like even in that that process it kind of brought it brought us back to the beginning which was really really cool experience because we 
you know, 15 hours there, spend a day and a half or two days with Bo exploring the ranch and then 15 hours straight back, then, you know, on the way home. So it was, it was a fun, uh, like sort of ode to the, the origins of Jamestown Revival. So cool. The, you, you did, you, you knocked it out of the park with, um, with these songs and they're, they're wonderfully done. And that juxtaposition of the stories with the songs for me was, was really powerful, as I said before, and I hope people do consume the, the two in that way. I wonder though, going through the process before you talked with his family and so forth, were you at all anxious about like not, not doing the work justice or did you feel confident you could do what you did, which is knock it out of the park? Yeah, we had, we felt incredible trepidation about <laughs> yeah not doing the work justice or them not being okay with it. Or, I mean, obviously this is, this is, you know, Bo's father's legacy, something he's going to be understandably precious about, which he very much is. And he's very protective of it. Yeah. which meant so much more when he actually did in fact say, man, when well, you guys, when I heard y'all were doing this, I was pretty skeptical and I got the first song. I was actually really impressed. And I thought, geez, are they going to be able to continue? Like, did they get lucky or are they going to be able to do this, you know, for five, six more songs? He's like, and in fact, every song is really unique and every song really does a story justice and, he was incredibly complimentary and the fact that yeah he is precious justify justifiably so that just gives so much more credence to his uh his support and his blessing of the project and of our writing because Bo's a writer himself mm -hmm. he's a great writer and i i can i consider him someone whose opinion really means something and it comes from a place of uh is it comes from a really legitimate place that dude's he's talented himself. And so, hmm. yeah, it was, it was a wonderful validation, which every artist needs that. <laughs> we need all the validation. We right. Can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I certainly don't, I don't think if they had come back and um, not felt good about the work, I don't, I don't know if we, we, you'd be hearing it now. So that was, that was a, we took the, we kind of had written two or three of them before we sent them. We hadn't even finished it yet. And with just the hopes that they would have signed off on it. And uh, once, once we had their blessing, it, it was, but yeah, we were, there's some doubt every now and then. That takes a lot of creative courage y'all to, I mean, to take these stories that have meant so much to you and to, to not only write the CP, but then to reach out to the family and share it with the family in hopes of their blessing. That takes a lot of creative courage. Yeah. It's sort of akin to, you know, spilling your guts on a song and then putting it out on, you know, Spotify for people to rip to shreds. So you, you kind of get used to the, uh, the creative crucifixion and just, you know, Something. yeah you just kind of get used to it and you put yourself on the chopping block you you i don't know you've written three albums now and i think well four albums and now it, it's i think we're finally getting to the point where you just kind of get used to it 
putting yourself out there creatively. And also we've been working on the musical adaptation for the outsiders, mm. uh, the book by Essie Hinton. Yeah. And that I really do think they such a foundation and a skill set from which we could to to write the Louis Lamore EP. It just having that experience and writing something based on work that you didn't create, you know, writing from a book is what that was. It really helped prepare us for this. I don't think we could have, I don't think we could have done the job that we did had we not been through the last five years writing, uh, the, writing a musical for the outsiders. Wow. Can, how much can you say about that project? That's really exciting that you're, that it's, you're doing that. Yeah, we are, we're fully licensed to, to talk about it and discuss it. It's actually, we're opening in Chicago at the Goodman uh, this coming April, wow. which we're really excited about. And hopefully if things go well, you know, the plan is uh, optimistically and humbly, we would hope that this play eventually goes to New York City. Wow. Congratulations, guys. Thank oh. you. That's really, yeah. that's really cool. I mean, it, well, yeah, it's a, it's an honor to be um, involved with it. But you know, as with the Lamore stuff, we're just piggybacking on on the great writing of of Essie Hinton or both of these authors. So we're we're lucky to be able to to have these opportunities, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and our Go and I got to brag on our team for Broadway. We have the most incredible creative team that we're working with, like our. Co-writer on The Outsiders is Justin Levine, who's the musical director for Moulin Rouge that's currently on Broadway. Well, coming back to Broadway finally. Mm-hmm. Um, our director is Liesl Tommy. She just directed the new Aretha Franklin movie that's coming out this August mm. called Respect that looks incredible. Um, yeah. It's an MGM Goldmeyer production. It's awesome. And then Adam Rapp, our book writer, is literally a genius of a dude. He's... <laughs> He's uh, incredibly just captivating. Love the guy. So, uh, yeah, it's our team has been awesome. So we've been able to, it's like, we're like a tripod with, with four legs or five. We're like a five-legged tripod. Uh, yeah, I, I, not to get too off, off topic here, but I, just to brag on that team, it's it's been incredibly, I think, a, a really incredible experience for John and I to be in that room and be around people that we feel um, I, it's one of the first times I think he and I have been in a room when it's not with just each other where we felt comfortable creating in that way and it felt like collectively it all sort of goes someplace bigger than than the five people sitting in the room wow wow man forgive my ignorance about the what what making a musical looks like but I'm kind of curious about the I mean, five years is a long time to work on a project and what like what your role was in this whole process, like what did it look like for you all um, and, and how you fit into that team that you're bragging on? Yeah, so no explanation needed for the ignorance because Zach and I certain, certainly were 100 <laughs> percent ignorant coming into this thing. Basically, I mean, they're. It's produced by a, co- a company called the Araka Group. They're the producers for the play. And basically they were looking for writers to come write the musical aspect of a musical who had never written a Broadway musical before. They were looking for somebody from the Americana world, more just songwriter-centric 
uh, Americana, like an Americana band. And we wrote some songs on spec for it and they really liked them. And so they gave us a shot to go full bore into this thing. And basically we have a book writer who's adapting S.E. Hinton's novel for the stage. And, you know, in a, in a really summarizing and distilling this down, you kind of outline the story and you decide where you feel like musical music musical numbers songs would be best served to push the story along and there's a real passing it's like a relay race there's a passing of the baton mm. the book takes it from a to b and a song takes it from c to d and then book picks back up from e to h and so on mm. and you just slowly work your way through the story and I had no idea how many times, how many times you would have to rewrite these songs or it's, it's a lot of work. We had, we had absolutely no idea. Yeah. And how many, how many songs we would write just to throw them away that will never see the light of day for reasons that can be completely unrelated to the song itself, but just the structure of the story changes or you have to make cuts or all that. So yeah, we have a, a music supervisor who is, helping really stitch book and music together. We have just our book writer, Adam Rapp, who is every, everywhere there's not music, there's dialogue and he writes all that. And then all the music we've written, we've written, <laughs> we've written in conjunction with Adam Levine or Justin Levine. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm really, I'm really on one. Uh, and then Liesl, Tommy is directing it and making sure the train is staying on the tracks. Wow. So many moving parts. So, so much potential for like, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say drama or whatever, a conflict of some sort, like creative conflict. It, it, how comfortable were you guys with getting like notes on a song either because it didn't fit or for some other reason, and then going back and rewriting? At first, not very comfortable because it's just so foreign to us. Yeah. We get real precious with songs, you know, when Really like you know when you do that for an album there's nobody sitting there saying like well this song doesn't really fit on the album so you can't put it on the album if you love the song you're just going to put it on the album mm -hmm. but with this there's you know a lot of a lot of different opinions and a lot of people giving you notes and saying you know we don't think this song is right even though you may love the song has to serve the and so yeah but at this point we're not precious about anything anymore you know, we we'll rewrite a song five times and just not think twice about it. So it's been good to get us really flexible in that sense. I think it's been great for us. I think mm. it's uh, Justin Levine, our, our writing partner on this project, is is he's really been good at. I mean, it, we've essentially sort of had like a master's class in musicals, and and uh, he's been so good at, at helping guide us. Um, not to mention just his talent is is incredible but not being so precious about I, I i think it's it's almost like two different categories now i think we have jamestown which is like this sort of sacred thing that is john and i's um and then these it's almost like we've we've kind of learned to write in a different way which has been so fun to step outside of something so like 
so much smaller and like just the two of us and and you know like i said sacred but um it's 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 felt like growth which mm. which is what you what you hope to do as you move along in the world right that's exciting man it sounds like there are lessons you learned in that process that you can then take back to jamestown revival and to your own records i think so for sure we we it was a direct application of a lot of the things we learned for the musical because we outlined every story and you know what we had to ask ourselves what were the critical things we had to hit what was something that if we felt like the song was getting too long like what did we want to make cuts and what part of the spine did we want to leave was not it was that all those things it was like writing mini musicals we basically wrote six mini musicals Mm. i'm being very generous but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was yeah it's like a yeah, if a if a musical is like a whole cask full of whiskey, um, we had like we had one little nip on the rocks. <laughs> Man, that's great. Um, I want to honor your time, and I, I have a couple more things I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them is um, just usually we end with um, what you're getting down on. So. You're both readers, clearly. What what art has you inspired right now? It could be music you've been listening to. It could be a book or a film or something. What's got? You, what are you excited about right now? Uh, well, is it self indulgent to say that I'm really excited about the album we just recorded? No, I think that's great because I'm really I'm really jacked. I think it's I don't know. I'm really excited to put this album out. We got, we just got out of the studio. We worked for the first time. We worked in a studio, an actual real studio that we didn't have to set up out in the woods somewhere, which <laughs> as inspiring as that is, it was really great to just be able to get in and, and focus entirely on recording the music rather than having to set up a studio and clear out Maybe a haymaker. Or- you mean we don't have to pack all this gear in a trailer and then drive it? halfway across the country yeah you mean mean we're not exhausted by the time we're starting recording the first song it was it was really refreshing so we actually uh worked at nile city sound uh in fort worth texas with josh block who's you know the dude responsible for you know the leon bridges records and some camp stuff and Mm -hmm. some really great sounding records incredibly talented dude he was in a band called white denim and him and uh, Robert Ellis uh, mm. produced the, the producing. Gosh, the player. For, you know, we we Nick, uh, Nick and Ed, our 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 rhythm section. Uh, they p- played on the record, but Robert Ellis played some additional acoustic guitar. Who is a mad singer? The dude is just ridiculously talented. He makes me want to quit guitar. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's really bad. Um, and uh, Ross Brown was on uh, fiddle, and Will Van Horn was on pedal steel. And so we just and that Juno. band we yeah, and Juno on one song. We uh, we tracked that live. That configuration just tracked every song live to the floor, and it was really special nice session 
So nice. yeah, first song from that comes out in October uh, with the record coming out in January and we are hitting the road again. Awesome. That man, that's great. Good for y'all. That's really exciting. You got so much shit going on right now. That's so fun. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> we've been, well, we've had time to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It, yeah, yeah, time's everything. I, I, I wonder about that too. One of the things I've been asking artists about lately is like if you think that because you know the model was the model for so many years you you make the record and then you go tour behind the record and uh, you know you try to sell tickets and merch and you you do the whole thing but so many so many of like i know that people felt differently about live streams some people loved it some people didn't like it but so much great art did come out last year despite um what was happening i mean some of my favorite records i've heard in a long time came out in 2020 and in and, and in the first part of this year and so I, I am curious like you know what that looks like for artists and if you have any sense of whether you think you'll continue like put the record out and then go on your traditional tour if you if you've rethought that at all yeah we we thought about that a lot i mean i think you're gonna see more music coming out over the next year than you've seen in the past five to ten mm. personally mm. i just think everybody has a record coming out mm -hmm. which is exciting there's going to be a whole lot of stuff out there there's going to be a whole lot of stuff you know competing for time and competing for ears and eyes and all that but i think the i think it's a it's a wonderful time for creativity mm. because people have had the actual time to do it mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. The, the other exciting thing too is uh, it's reinvigorated i think everybody's lust for live shows you know uh, mm. like whether it be the performers or the audience like i think there's going to be some really electric rooms mm. happening they they already are um and that's fun that like it was all taken away that that shared experience was taken away and uh, the the energy for it seems really really exciting yeah that's really well said that's a great point I've, I've only made it to a couple of shows in the last um last month or so i guess and uh man it's been fun <laughs> it's, been, it's been so fun and those rooms have been there's been a different energy for sure yeah yeah who knows how long you know we're we're all human and um it's in our nature to take things for granted but i think i think it'll have an lasting effect at least into the to the new year yeah I agree. Guys, this has been such a pleasure. I don't want to take more of your time, and I, but I'm just so grateful for your time and energy. I'm grateful for this EP. I'm really excited. You got new music coming. I'm really excited to hear that. I hope you make it down to Florida at some point so I can see you live. Um, but thank you all so much for everything. Jason, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed, enjoyed chatting with you. This was, this was fun. Awesome. Yeah, and thanks for um, giving us some time on your platform, and and uh, we we really appreciate it. Awesome, my pleasure, guys. Have a wonderful Found evening. Hey, you too, buddy. Thanks. See ya. Later. He had a wife same name as mine. Was it just the wrong place, wrong time? Sure didn't seem like a man who was a killing time.
Jamestown Revival, y'all. Thank you so much, Jonathan and Zach. Thank all of you for listening. This was so much fun. What a great conversation. JamestownRevival.com for all things Jamestown Revival. I am really looking forward to that new record. Check out all of their stuff. And when you're over on the website, they've also got some really cool merch, including this ringer tee that I got my eye on. And their excellent records are available over there as well. Marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow and a five-star rating on your podcast app. These are all free, painless ways to support the show. We also just like interacting with fans of the show over on Instagram and Twitter. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content, like our show Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. I also provide a little window into the process of making the marinade, and sometimes we interact on a deeper level. We get together for Patreon happy hours. We had our live recording of the episode with Seth Walker a few months ago, which was a blast. It's just a good time. If you can join us, if you can swing it, please join us. If not, I totally understand. I just appreciate you listening and spreading the word about the marinade. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, this segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. I just finished the novel Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. The owner of one of our favorite local eating and drinking establishments, Aardvark, here in Orlando. If you're ever in town, hit up Aardvark. Um, He's not an avid reader, but uh, he was adamant that I should read this book. And, uh, you know, sometimes that kind of recommendation almost holds even more weight. Like if somebody who doesn't really read all that often says, you got to check out this book, it, it really grabbed me. Uh, I'm almost more inclined to check it out, uh, and I did. I hesitated because it is. Um, if you listen to this show with any regularity, you know I'm prone to ruminating on existence and freaking out about the uh, about death and the futility of the whole damn thing. Um, but I'm glad I read this. It it sent me into the deepest recesses of my nightmares. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean that as a compliment. It's pretty heavy, um, and I re- but I recommend it. So never let me go. There's also a film ap- film ab- adaptation that's pretty good um, that I watched the other night. Uh, so just check that out. Also, while I was in Montana, I recently got to get into the backcountry in Montana up in Glacier National Park. Just such good medicine. There's a written piece over on marinadepodcast.com about that experience. I'm actually writing it in in parts because just so much happened and I have so much to say about it. But while I was up there, I read Norman McLean's A River Runs Through It, the classic novella that was also made into a classic film by Robert Redford. Um, There's a post over on our Instagram, Marinade Podcast Instagram, that explains how I was feeling when I read this novella. Um, I have a lot to say, and and I may say more in, in, in the written pieces that I'm publishing on the website. Uh, in the meantime, check that out and, and leave a comment. Um, I'd love to get a, a constructive conversation going. Um, uh, it's about relationships. It's about politics. It's about race. It's about all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, having meaningful conversations like that, I think we can still do. So let's let's do that. If you have something to say, if you don't know, big deal, just check it out over on Instagram. And if you haven't read A River Runs Through It, do so it's fantastic i have a couple of records records to recommend mercy bell's golden child is this in your face collection of country songs 
so smart. And I, um, if you're a Patreon patron, you already know this, but I'm thrilled to announce that Mercy Bell is going to be a guest on the marinade coming up really soon. So check out Golden Child, y'all. Give it a spin. Also, there's another record I've been listening to quite a bit um, by J.W. Francis. It's called Wonder Wonder Kid. It's partly inspired by a trip on the Appalachian Trail. So, um, you know, for me as a hiker and especially somebody who has hiking fresh in his memory and is coming off that experience and still feeding off of that experience, this record landed in a big way. Um, stylistically, it's it, it's a departure from the kind of thing I often recommend. I wouldn't call it Americana by any means. Um, just a just a dope record though. J.W. Francis Wander Kid, check that out. And then as far as TV and movies, I recommended Never Let Me Go, the film adaptation. Um, I also started watching The White Lotus on HBO. It's a story of a it's, it takes place in this Hawaiian resort by the same name and several uh, people that are vacationing there for various reasons. You'll notice a lot of familiar faces, Steve Zahn, for example, and Jennifer Coolidge, who if you are my age, you will remember as Stifler's mom in American Pie. It's just, it. I'm really digging it. And I, and I didn't think I would based on the trailer and then also based on the first half of the first episode. So if you're like me and you watch the trailer and you think that's not for me, or if you watch the first half of the first episode and you're like me and you think that's not for me, stick it out. I think there's only two episodes so far. I've watched them both and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, but give it a shot. If you were on the fence about it, give it a shot. Cause, um, it's, it's really good. It's well-written. It's well-acted. It's entertaining. Um, and I thought it was going to be kind of shallow and I was wrong. It's not. All right, y'all. That's, well, that's all I got for now. Thank you so much for listening until next time. Go out and create something. I appreciate you so much. Cheers, y'all.